We're going to be looking at uh, the life of Zacchaeus, or a moment in the life of Zacchaeus, and uh, an unexpected encounter, an unexpected encounter. It's one of those uh, days that seemingly began fairly normal for Zacchaeus, and then all of a sudden he had that unexpected moment when Jesus called him down from the tree uh, where he was at. So, Uh, Luke chapter 19, and we'll begin reading at verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give you half of my possessions. I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today, salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. If you want to know what the heart of Christianity is, it is verse 10. Jesus has come to seek uh, and save the lost. I'm not sure if you've ever felt being lost. Uh, I don't actually remember this story in my life. And for some reason, uh, early on, I imagine I was under five years old, uh, we were at the Detroit Zoo. And apparently, I wandered away from my parents and my family, and uh, for a good portion of time, I was lost. Now, I don't remember what I was doing while I was lost, but if I remember the story correctly, uh, I was just sitting there, and they found me. I would just sit, what what do you do as a young boy, uh, less than five years old, how do you find your parents? My parents sought after me, uh, and they found me. I'm not sure if you remember the story or the song from U2. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Uh, I remember that song particularly because when I was in university, we were part of a kids ministry, a children's ministry in downtown Hamilton, and the leader uh, uh, one day told me that that was her theme song, that that was her. Uh, that, that was her mantra going through university. Now, I, I, I enjoyed the tune back then, but then when I began to look at the words, they were very interesting words. In fact, it goes, basically goes on to say, I understand the cross, I understand the shame, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I think if there is a, a song that somewhat defines the generation that we live in, it's, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. We go from one thing to the other, but nothing seems to satisfy, and we still have not found what we're looking for. And I sometimes wonder how much of that happens in the church. I still have not found what I'm looking for. 
The theme of the passage this morning is Jesus tells us we are lost. We need someone to seek us, and we need someone to save us. We are lost. Now, I just want to say right from the very beginning that if that offends you in any way, I understand. I get it. But if you will just give us uh, 10 or 15 minutes to explain why Jesus states so clearly and so necessarily that we are lost, uh, then it will give us uh, an opportunity to search our hearts, and maybe you identify with U2's song, maybe you identify with the moment I was in the Detroit Zoo, and you're just sitting there in life and you are lost. Or you're going from one thing to the next and wondering if that will satisfy, if you will be saved because of that. So, let's look at uh, the two uh, parts of this passage. The first part is really in verses 1 through 7, and it basically says, if we could summarize it, we don't seek, we aren't saved, we are lost. Now, the crowd is going to argue with that, but that's basically verses 1 through 7. You might say, well, if I read the story along with you, of course the crowd is seeking. Of course Zacchaeus is seeking, because there's an entire crowd that's lined up. And Zacchaeus, he was so determined to see Jesus that uh, he climbed a tree. So if anybody is seeking, it's the crowd and it's Zacchaeus. And we may say the same thing. But here's the question that's asked of the text. Who were they seeking? It appears like they're seeking, but the question becomes, who were they seeking? And the first seven verses gives us an indication of who they were seeking. The first thing that we notice in in, uh, the passage is uh, it's mentioned of Jesus twice that he is passing through. Now, I don't want to make too much of this, but I think there's something there where people are content to let Jesus pass by, to let Jesus pass through. I don't know if they still do this in restaurants, but, uh, you know, when you ordered your meal and you got your spaghetti meal or whatever it was, they would come back with either, uh, a, I call it a, like a pepper cannon, because like sometimes it's like this, and they say, how much pepper would you like? And they sprinkle a little pepper on your spaghetti, or they sprinkle a little cheese on your spaghetti. Uh, and and, um, and that's, that's, in a sense, an illustration of what it is for Jesus to pass by. We're okay with a little bit of Jesus. We're basically the main meal. We just need a little bit of Jesus in our life. We need that little bit of pepper, that little bit of cheese to spice things up. We're often okay with Jesus passing by. Jesus tells us to be a little bit more kind. Jesus tells us to be a little bit more loving. Everybody could be, have a little bit more Jesus in their life. In fact, what we really know about Jesus is just Jesus passing by. We, we don't really sit down and read about Jesus, but we will argue against Jesus because of what we've heard in university or what we've heard from somebody else, but never actually just digging into the Word and asking ourselves the question, who is Jesus? What is so important about Jesus? You know, when you sit down and, uh, with someone over a meal, you really get to know that person. The question is, have we ever sat down with Jesus and really gotten to know that Jesus, or is he just a little bit of sprinkling, a Sunday morning sprinkling in your life? So the question is, who are we seeking? Are we seeking a Jesus who just passes by? Or, the second part of verses 1 through 7 is, the the other thing that we notice about passing is, 
the crowd was not going to let Zacchaeus pass through. Why could Zacchaeus not see Jesus? The way that we usually understand the story is Zacchaeus is not seen because he was a short little man. And so really the fault is God because if uh, Zacchaeus had a few more feet, then he could have seen over the crowd and he could have seen Jesus. But in fact, the reason why Zacchaeus could not see Jesus is not because of his height. That factored into it. But the real reason he could not see Jesus is because the crowd blocked him. So we read uh, that Zacchaeus was a short little man. So running ahead, or sorry, um, in verse 2, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able. Why? Because the crowd. It was the crowd that blocked the wee little man. It was like Zacchaeus going in and saying, okay, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And everybody's looking back at Zacchaeus or down back at Zacchaeus and saying, you're not coming through. You don't see, Zac- you don't see Jesus. Why did the crowd block Zacchaeus? Well, Zacchaeus was a known sinner. Not, not only was he a tax collector, but he was the chief of tax collectors. He picked on the poor. He extorted money illegally, according to his confession. You don't let a sinner like Zacchaeus through. He's not the one to see Jesus. And that becomes more clear because the actual reason the crowd would not let him through is because when Jesus says, Zacchaeus, you have to come down and I need to go to your house, the crowd began to grumble. Imagine this. This is what the crowd said. They grumbled. Jesus is eating with sinners. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. Who was their Jesus? Their Jesus wasn't one who ate with sinners. Their Jesus was one who put pepper and cheese on spaghetti and he just added a little bit more kindness. He was a good example. But he was not one who stayed with sinners. Here is the difficulty that we struggle with. We are lost, but we think we're found. And here's, it becomes even more radical. Jesus' words become even more offensive because the crowd thinks that Jesus should celebrate them. And yet they stand under the condemnation of Jesus. We walk around and we say Jesus should celebrate us. Look at all the good that I do. Look at what I don't do. Look at how I'm not like that other person. Look at how I come to church and everybody else is out there. Jesus celebrates me. He sprinkles goodness and kindness into my life. And this is especially dangerous if we've just grown up in the church our entire life. A little bit of Jesus. So he's not one to forgive. We don't need him to forgive. We need him to congratulate. Jesus doesn't eat with sinners. Jesus eats with those who do the work themselves and earn a place with Jesus. We expect an encounter. Of course Jesus will be in my life. Of course Jesus will invite me into eternity. But the question becomes, who are we seeking? And that leads us to verses 8 through 10 because something unexpected happens. There is an unexpected encounter. This is how we usually view Jesus in our natural hearts. We expect an encounter with Jesus. Jesus comes along in Luke chapter 19, and there's this unexpected encounter that takes place. 
Jesus is passing through, we'll have a bit of Jesus. Zacchaeus is not passing through. He will not have any time with Jesus. And they become upset because Jesus is sitting with a sinner. If we don't seek, if we don't save ourselves, and if we are lost, then what does Jesus do? Here is the amazing good news of the Bible. Jesus seeks, Jesus saves, and he finds. Jesus seeks, Jesus saves, and he finds. Here is the amazing part. We don't even know we're lost. We think we're okay. Look at all that I do for the name of Jesus. I'm okay. We forget that our encounter with Jesus will be unexpected. We don't even know it's expected because we live in a sense where we say, okay, things are okay. But what this passage shows us is this unabandoned grace of God in our lives. He seeks after you. He find, or he actually finds you he, because he's seeking after you and he saves you. So let's just for a few moments look at those. He seeks, he saves, and he finds. This is an unexpected moment. The crowd blocks uh, Zacchaeus out. They're not letting Zacchaeus through. Zacchaeus will not see Jesus. Zacchaeus climbs a tree. Jesus is passing through. What does Jesus do? Here is the amazing part of what Jesus does. Jesus stood there. Or he stopped. So he quickly, sorry, I got to get to the right verse. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to, or Jesus had to stop, and Jesus knew his name. Isn't that an amazing part of the story? What happens if I know your name? If I, if I really know your name. I'm not trying to struggle to remember your name. I really know your name. Well, I know things about you. I probably know your story. If you know my name and you've had a meal with me, you probably know my story. When Jesus says Zacchaeus, it's not just that Zacchaeus is wearing a name tag. It's he knows all about Zacchaeus. He knows the story of Zacchaeus. He knows who Zacchaeus is because Zacchaeus was lost and he's now found. He sought after Zacchaeus. In fact, he goes on to say, it is necessary that I go to your house today. I have purposely traveled through this city, Zacchaeus, to meet with you to be in your house that day. That's an astounding moment. Zacchaeus, this is unexpected. Zacchaeus, or Jesus stops. He says, Zacchaeus, he says, hurry up and get down. What would happen if Jesus knew your name? What do you think Jesus would say to you? You consider all your past. You consider what you have done, what you haven't done. What would Jesus say to you? You look at a man like Zacchaeus, what would Jesus say to a man like Zacchaeus? Jesus sought after Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, I know your story, I know your name. Come down. It's necessary for me to be in your house. 
Do you know what Jesus does with Zacchaeus? He welcomes Zacchaeus. Do you know what Jesus does with your story? He has sought after you. And he says your name. I know your story. You need to come down. We need to have a meal together. Jesus not only seeks, but he saves. This is what, this is what he does with Zacchaeus. I love what Zacchaeus does. Zacchaeus is filled with joy. You just imagine this man, hey, this proper, rich ruler. It says in verse 6, he quickly came down and he welcomed him joyfully. Jesus knows everything about you. You might, you might be remembering this morning. You might be saying, you know what? I get that. Jesus sought me as a sinner. Jesus found me. Do you know where I was when Jesus found me? I was playing religion. I thought a little bit of Jesus was okay. Do you know where Jesus found me? I was in the gutter of society. I was out there thinking all that would satisfy me. Do you know where Jesus saved me? I was thinking um, uh, with all this pride that, of course, God would invite me to the banquet table. Jesus found me in my pride. Jesus found me when I was in my school, my university, and when I was this lost son who was living in this world, and yet it never satisfied. It could never fill me with the joy. And here comes Zacchaeus, and he is a rich ruler, and God finds him in a tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. And Zacchaeus comes down, and he's filled with joy. That's what happens when we meet Jesus. That's what happens with the unexpected encounter. Jesus seeks us. Jesus saves us. He quickly came down. He welcomed him joyfully. And then the amazing thing is he was found. How do we know Zacchaeus was found? Because Zacchaeus stands up right after the crowd says, can you believe this? Jesus is with a sinful man. Zacchaeus stands up. He stood there in verse 8 and he says, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord, and I'll give half my possessions to the poor, Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. He simply said to Jesus, he didn't disagree with the crowd. He didn't stand up before the crowd and say, you know what, crowd, you got it wrong. I'm a really good man. He stood up and he agreed with Jesus and he said, listen, Jesus has welcomed a sinner. Jesus has welcomed one who is not deserving. Jesus' grace met us right where we were at. Jesus' forgiveness conquered our sin. Jesus welcomes us and we joyfully receive him and then we say before Jesus, Jesus, like Zacchaeus, this is who I am. I extorted. I, I stole from the poor. I am that guy. I am that person. And yet Jesus sought me. Jesus saved me. Jesus found me. Why do we celebrate baptisms this morning? Because the eight who are to be baptized were lost. They weren't seeking after Jesus. One day, or over a period of time, Jesus came and said, it's necessary for us to talk. 
It's necessary for you to get to know me. And Jesus began to reveal himself, and he said, I know your name, and I have come to die for your sins, for your package, for your mess, for your sin. I have not come to celebrate your life. You stand under the condemnation of God. You are fully deserving of the wrath that God has for you because of your sinful nature and your sinful actions before God, whether you have grown up in church or whether you have grown up outside of church. Jesus knows everything about you. But with everything he knows about you, he saved you. He went to the cross. He died the death that was yours. He bore the wrath that was for you. He bore the condemnation of God. He died. He rose again to give you new life. And when we come to the baptism this morning, you might say, well, I've never seen a baptism. This is, this is kind of strange. Why are you dunking someone under the water? Because it is a grand testimony that they were lost and are found, that they died with Jesus when Jesus died, they died. Jesus forgave their sins. And when Jesus rose again, they rose with Jesus. And they have a new life. They are no longer slaves to sin. They are servants of Christ. And they have joyfully welcomed Jesus into their lives. And Jesus has changed them. Because he, they have sat down at the table with Jesus and said, Jesus, you know my story. And yet you love me. You have welcomed me. You joyfully celebrate your goodness and I will joyfully celebrate your goodness by your grace the remainder of my life because I was lost but am now found. That is the testimony of every believer. That is the invitation for you. Maybe you've been playing at church. Maybe all that's been happening is you've had a sprinkle of Jesus Monday through Saturday. You get a little bit of conviction on Sunday morning, and then by Sunday night, it's all gone. Maybe you think it's okay with you and Jesus right now because of what you've heard somewhere else. But maybe it's time to sit down with Jesus at the table with the Bible open and begin to read the book of Mark and just say, Jesus, I want to get to know you because today I've heard I'm lost and I don't even know it and I want you to find me. I want to know the joy of being welcomed, being loved when someone knows everything about me. We celebrate baptisms today because of the goodness of God that he is the one who while we were lost found us, saved us and now we spend our lives celebrating his goodness at his banquet table. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, this passage can be extremely offensive because in our natural state, we've come before you and we want a Jesus who basically follows our agenda but adds goodness to our life. But that's not where we find Zacchaeus and that's not where we find ourselves. So this morning I pray that if there are those who have grown up in church and they're just playing church, Jesus is just a sprinkled throughout the rest of their week, I pray that they might understand that they are lost 
that Jesus seeks, he saves, he finds. And if there are those here this morning who are offended at what has been said, I thank you that they, they're still here. But God, show us as we celebrate these baptisms. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. We pray this because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen.